Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Ready? Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode 35-7, right? I think I'm right. And we're your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernet. And every week we listen to great video game music from all <laughs> from all consoles and all generations. All I almost said the word tasks. Life. I don't know why. Uh, all walks of life. All all eight robot masters. <laughs> uh, we play their music. At some point, I'm sure we have, right? Well, there's a lot of Robot Masters music we have not played. We still haven't done our dedicated Mega Man episode since the... Battle Network? The Siphon, no, no, no. The, we had that one battle episode way back where we were judging, putting Robot Masters against each other. And that was it. But that was like back in like Area 4 or so. Ooh, Area 4. I like that. Now yeah. we're like Blaster Master. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's been a long time. It's been a, been a while since we've done a Mega Man, straight Mega Man. There's so much Mega Man. Which is why it's odd that we haven't done it. <laughs> yeah, maybe we can go back. I know that we did we did Battle Network. We did that battle stuff. But was it the episode solely about Battle Network? Or was it just a component that involved Battle Network? No, we, did one, we did one episode that was straight. Ooh, maybe it was. No, it was Battle Network. It's all Battle Network. Huh. Because it, I remember, I forget her name, but she's the main composer of all those all those games. Okay. And she was prominently focused on that episode. <laughs> well, um, on the positive, it's a fantastic series, so I'm okay with doing a, a full rush on that. Yeah, I think so too. I really like it. We can maybe we can put together put that onto our schedule. Um, before we start the episode, I want to say uh, thank you to everyone who came out to Magfest again. Um, it was really really nice. We are going to kind of go through. A bit of our topics and tracks this week um, that we that you may have missed, which is really exciting. And also, you may have noticed, you may have noticed, I don't know if it's on, on every episode, that our podcast is ad-supported. Um, we're just trying something new, seeing how it goes. But if you'd like to have uh, an episode or a podcast of Rhythm and Pixels that's, that's, that has ad-free, you can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. And all of our episodes are going to be there ad-free. Just saying. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, and we're just trying it out. Uh, I want to see how it, this service. I want to see how it goes. And so far, it's it's all right. Yeah, it's, my main hope, quick. based on what you described to me, was that it like basically like before and at the end, and they're yeah. generally fairly short. Also, supposedly curated, so it's not like I can't believe this ad came up while I was in the car with my child. What yes. kind of show are you? Yeah, yeah. They guaranteed it to be um, G-rated products and advertisements. Um, the last one I heard was Lowe's. I'm okay with that. It's 30 seconds for Lowe's. I'm like, great. You know what? I got to buy paint sometimes. I go to Lowe's. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right with me. Um, so, yeah, if you have any problems with the advertisements, if, if, if you just let us know, rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. I'll take them off right away. It's totally fine. Um, that's about it. Yeah. Um, what else is going on? I'm, I'm pretty far into Tunic. I'm pretty darn far. I was chatting with Carlos on that on that text thread. Yeah, I actually was happy to see that that exchange started to occur because that's the sort of game where 
if you have access to another person that either has or is experiencing it similar to you, yeah. you should want to have that dialogue. That's the kind of game where they designed it with discovery in mind. Yes. And sharing discoveries with others who can get what you're talking about is a lot of fun. It's really, yeah, it's really, it was really helpful, not just helpful, but it was really fun talking with him about it because he's been through it already and I've been afraid to talk to him about it because I don't want to like learn something that I was supposed to discover. Just oh, he's, by, no, by accident. He's, no, he's good at that. No, he's like, really he was, good. He was yeah. a part of the La Mulana crew, so yeah. he knows. Well, <laughs> the secret the, lies beneath. Like, what the, the heck does that mean? It's the La Mulana thread that yeah. we're on. So yeah, he he really gets it. So um, and my wife actually uh, looked ahead on on Google and was like, "Hey, did you want to know?" And I was like, "Not really." She's like, "I'll just let you know." This one thing, and I was like, "Okay, okay, I got it, I got it, I got it." But um, yeah, I'm, I'm in this, this part of the game now where I'm kind of exploring very interesting puzzles. It's it's turned into Fez. It's amazing. It's turned into Fez like like this. It's so cool. Well, so, honestly, that makes it sound even better because puzzles are my forte. Yeah, but like environmental, like things you walked past like hours ago. Suddenly there was a puzzle there. You had no idea. You got to go back and look at it. Huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just changes everything. Your perspective on the game completely changes. Um, and most of the enemies are completely gone. So it's almost purely exploration. Yeah, pretty much at this point. So it's very interesting. So I'm looking forward to finishing that. I think I'm at the end. Chrissy doesn't think so, but I'm probably going to be finishing it up. Maybe so you're asking about what to play that game in tandem? Like in tandem. So with, you're playing it, and she's like, even though she's not playing it, she's actually watching you play and being like, "Hey, did you check that thing there? What's going on oh, with this?" Oh no, not really. <laughs> she's reading and listening to the music. So how does she know like when to look ahead? Like, do you like give her some context? Like, oh, I'm in the such oh, and such group. Oh yeah, yeah. I was I was looking around and she was asking questions because I was looking through the the game manual, which oh, okay. I have most of the pages of. So I was like, what am I missing? <laughs> um, the codex. Yeah, it's tough. It's really really tough. I I still highly recommend Tunic. It's it's tough puzzles and combat. It is like it's souls like combat in a way that was surprising to me. So um, I really really liked that. Um, oh, Games Done Quick is going on right now. I guess when the episode comes out, it's over. Have you watched any of it? I have not. I've never been much for that, despite the fact that when I do come across good ones on occasion, I am genuinely impressed because. They typically pull off some amazing feats. It's not always about glitch exploitation. Yeah, right. Because I'm not a big fan of glitch exploitation, aside from the general, whoa, that glitch exists? That's pretty interesting. How did they not patch that? But watching a person actually play the game as intended yeah. and making it purely on skills they've honed yes. and manage to beat times in absurd amounts yeah, some amazing by certain ones. amounts, that's, like, that's what I'm in for. I'm I in for that. Yeah. So, uh, the, any of the monkey ball runs are are so much fun to watch because that is like some crazy the monkey ball is just horror. It, there's like really no glitches other than like I know where to go and how to bounce the ball like across the screen, but you still have to land it. And they got the ball physics in that game to a T to the, so that you can't you really can't blame anyone but yourself if you fail. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so today I watched some of it was a run of the Legend of Zelda for the BS, which is like the something the BS. I don't I forget what B stands for, but it's the it's the Super Nintendo Satellaview, which Never was heard of this. it was a satellite modem in Japan only for the Super Nintendo. It was like it was kind of like um, the Sega Channel, but over a satellite feed. Okay, and so you had to get a satellite dish just for your Super Nintendo, and you hook this thing up to it, and they had like six or seven unique games for it. And they had like um, leaderboards and all sorts of crazy stuff. Like actually, 
for The Legend of Zelda, it had a full orchestrated soundtrack that went along with the game that was like streamed to you through the channel, um, through over the satellite channel. So, so was this like a unique version of Zelda that was exclusive to this device? It was. Yeah, I had no idea because it's it's it is like basic the original Legend of Zelda, except that the main character is like whatever the um the mascot is for this to tell of you and there's a male and female version so it's completely different okay some of the dungeons are a little different and there were like timed events that would occur like in the game depending on the time of day and time of year mm. on this to tell of you but yeah it was really so because of that there's like no glitches they're just like playing through the legend of zelda as fast as they can it's really fun it's like a sweet rom hack yeah it's like yeah, if, if, if really when i first saw it i thought it was a rom hack but yeah, it's really I, and i didn't really know anything about this device before so that's really cool to watch um, also, I, I know that um, there's a uh, ITG player named Demo who's going to be doing a technical showcase. This is really going to be maybe the second time that Stepmania has been played on AGDQ as like a person on a pad, not, not someone with their fingers. People have played it with their fingers on the show. Yeah, where it's like, oh, it's like it's like a it's a demo of people playing Stepmania doing it really really fast, and they're like with their fingers because there's like a there's a whole bunch of charts that are just for your fingers. Jesus, because they're super super hard, and those were the first charts that were put over to ITG as customs for our feet, which is why like it started off really really hard. But last year it was um, a setup called uh, No ITG, which is a it's developed for like mods where like the things flash and move around and it's really hard to read and it's crazy. But this year it's literally just for like the technical like core community. Like this is this is how weird the game gets. This is like how to play the game now. And he's he's probably the best the best ITG player in the country. So I'm really excited about that. His name is Demo. D I M O. He's awesome. These guys are doing so much with their games. I'm like eyeballing what I got at home. I'm like, maybe I should probably start Hollow Knight. People keep talking about Hollow Knight. I, I was thinking about Hollow Knight. I almost bought Hollow Knight instead of uh, Tunic. Oh, well, <laughs> apparently that would have been a good get because Hollow Knight, they've been waiting for the DLC for that game for years. Oh, really? I bought the game on launch day, played to, like the first bug bus and then put it down. Mm. And now I'm sitting there feeling like I should res- resume it, revisit it. It's 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 the Metroidvania style for now. Like if it's if it plays if it plays smooth, and it's that exploration kind it's of Bud- side scrolling platforming. It is Budweiser. You literally describe Budweiser. It is McDonald's. Oh, that doesn't go down smooth. I'm loving it. Well, that, there <laughs> there it is. Now I get you. No, it's it's I get hooked. Like I just start playing it until I finish it. I just have to. I feel so, like it just works. There's a it works, it works for me hook. every time. Is all I'm saying. I just have to get to the hook. Oh, there's, it works every time. Cold forty five. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, like I, I mean, because Metro, I hate saying it, but I'm, I'm just dealing with it. Yeah, it's Metro Video Games have, great. Yeah. They, they, I, I, I always find myself looking forward to playing one, but I have trouble having my attention held these days. My mind jumps around far too much, too frequently, so. Like, I'm playing one now called Tomomi, which was recommended on, like, the Metroidvania Reddit group. I have Hollow Knight to play still. Yeah. I don't know if I'm using this in this regard. Like, going back to Elden Ring, which is not a Metroidvania, but I don't care. I just feel like using Well, there's Elden a lot Ring of exploration in, in that, too, right? Absolutely. The thing is, is that, like, with these styles of, like, exploration games, I have a hard time putting it down and coming back to it because, like, I lose, like, where was I? What was I working on, Maybe right? Where was I a going? Metroidvania episode. We've never done one. Oh, let's do that next week. Okay. Put it on paper. Um, yes. I'm, I'm writing it down. I have a paper. You have a little word pad on your screen. I'm writing it down. Metroidvania is coming up. All right. But before we do that, let's let's get into some music. Well, we, we haven't talked about what the episode is. 
Oh, yeah, that, oh right, yeah. The episode is a MAGFest retrospective. Recap. I don't know. We didn't do a whole lot at MAGFest. <laughs> we played a lot of video games. Which is honestly good. <laughs> that means we did what MAGFest was intended for. We played a lot of video games. I didn't see any bands. Um, last, no, not last year. 2020 um, in January, so before lockdowns and things. I was like, I want to go back to MAGFest. I want to stay that night. I want to see as many bands as I can because that was really fun to me. Mm-hmm. And then I got there this year. I got there this year and I thought, I'm not interested in any bands. I just want to play video games. And then I got really tired. And I got really hungry and I got really cranky and I'm really sorry. Yeah, you, you, you should. <laughs> but honestly, for me, MAGFest is a different breed for me where like I always find myself feeling like I'm out of touch with the whole scene at this point. Yeah, every, I, feel like, I feel like an old man when I say it, but I always feel like I'm out of touch. Well, we keep getting older and the scene stays the same. Stay the same age. Absolutely. Yeah. That. So, like, they have all the parties going on, and everyone's being loud or still doing that blasted Colossus roar, and all sorts of things where I'm just finding myself feeling like, you know, I don't really feel like engaging with any of this. Yeah. I just want to go talk to some people that I like, yeah. go play some video games, maybe go to a panel or two, and then now that they got a board game section, like, I'm just going to go play some board games. Which was which pretty nice. Did. It was a pretty good setup. Yeah, it, it was a, it was a little, little out of the way, but, like, they had a lot of stuff. But we did play. Well, we definitely did play a fair number of video games. I would even go so far as to say that I played more video games at this Magfest than I have at any Magfest I've ever attended, and that says a lot. Oh, really? I've gone to a lot of Magfest. That's un- I, I mean, I'm surprised by that. I feel because the arcade, I was. I mean, the arcade in 2020 that I saw was amazing. This year blew it away. Mm-hmm. There it was, was a good one. There was so much stuff, and I, I feel like I never even got a chance to like. Like I played, a, we played a lot of music games. Like it was like one in the morning, we were playing music games. But I feel like there were so many like older retro games I would have had, I would have really enjoyed to play in pinball too. That if I had stayed another day, I probably would have done more. But, but what I, I realized is that um, so one of the main reasons why I don't do a lot with the games when I go to Mag is because at home I have pretty much every game I want. Like, I don't right. really feel the need to go with the exception of music games because you really can't replicate music games at home unless you're freaking rich and you have a lot of space. But Or or it's just the only game you play, and oh, so you invest true. everything into that it. That is true. That is true. You can, like, you can like hone in on one I'm specific I'm just saying game. you're sitting in front of my DDR pad right now. <laughs> true, <laughs> this, true. This is what I do. But, like, yeah. outside of that, I feel like most games I have, I want. So I usually just go in there thinking, eh, I don't really need to experience any of this stuff. I have the games I want to play. Or emulated or whatever. But this year's difference was there was a lot of community in the gaming that we played. Like, um, so friend and listener game fan came and hung out with us for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, Kristen, it was so cool to see you. It really was. Yeah, yeah. And we traded Pokemon, and uh, then we ended up playing some dance games together. And as you can attest, I never played dance games at Magfest. I'm always like, eh, you know, I don't want to sweat in this place or whatever. Yeah, but I was yeah, like, yeah. but we were all walking. You were ready to play. I was like, hey, have you ever played one of these before? She's like, well, I'm not really all that in. I was like, we should get into it. Let's go. They had so many machines. Yes. I mean, I, they had a lot when I was there. And they had twice as many. They had so many machines. I was like, I, I can't walk past all of these classic games, classic dance games, and not play them. Like, I have to play them. But what made me mad is that I'm the only one I saw sweating. Everybody up there was playing, but I was gushing. I, I mean, had to take off my shirt in the game room because I was sweating all over. Okay, okay. I'm not going to tell you on microphone how badly I was sweating. <laughs> I will tell you off microphone. <laughs> I, I, I will explain everything. <laughs> but most everyone else is sweating as well. They just were they just wearing. It well, I they're guess. just wearing more clothes. Yeah. You're the only one who's like, I don't want to get my clothes dirty, and you tear it all off. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, 
whoa, because other people are like they're wearing like full like bodysuit costumes, like that one girl playing Pump It Up, where like it got to a point where there's all these jumps and she's like, I'm just not gonna do it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you're wearing like like you can't do you're it. wearing like pajamas with the feet, you know? Like, <laughs> you're gonna fall. You're gonna fall and you're gonna get real sweaty. So anyway, I'll explain more on the break. Um, let's get into some tracks because we got we got stories apparently. Um, you're first. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is an odd, odd one. I got. I mean, the funny part is, I brought more tracks to the show than I needed, but I may still just play the same ones. I ended up I running through a so lot much. of them actually because we had that. We did that game show. We'll, we'll talk more about that too. But we we did the game show, and I played a lot of the music just kind of in the background. It was fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, this track comes from the game Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. It is the Team Star boss theme from that game, composed by a lot of people that we don't have on the dock right now. And I'm okay with it. Oh, we'll pick them we'll up. We'll put them up on the thing yeah, later. Yeah. You'll get yours. <laughs> dun, dun, dun.
Welcome back. You're listening to the Team Star Boss theme from the game Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, composed by a lot of people over at Nintendo. Yeah, I just wrote down various in the show notes because there's a lot of there's a lot of people, and then there weren't there weren't credits for each individual track. So I feel like I come across a number of discussions here and there where someone's like, "This is that Toby Fox track," and someone's like, "Actually, this is what the one Toby Fox did." And that, people are constantly correcting each other on who composed what track from this game. That those tracks are the only ones I, I remember I could find because he tweeted which songs he was going to work on. Or people were hey, or people were on Twitter, like, hey, which songs are you going to work on? We're really excited Toby Fox is going to be on this game, and he's on these tracks, and it wasn't, definitely wasn't this one. Well, I can't say whoever did this track, they deserve a medal. It's, up until it's this noisy. Point, it's real noisy. Yeah, very un-Pokemon. Like, yeah. I was playing this game when it first came out, and I was, I didn't think the music was bad or anything, mm-hmm. but I wasn't particularly jazzed by it. It just felt kind of like in the background. It was just there to exist. So I played and I engaged it, and that's our deal with the Team Star characters. And then the giddiness kicked in. It was, I was down for this track, both the normal grunt track and this track. Hmm. And uh, it's funny too, also because I played this track at Magfest because of the connection I have there with the Magfest Pokemon League. Yeah. And yet, I feel like there's actually been more that's occurred since Magfest related to Pokemon that's still to talk about. So after the panel, Game Fan hooked me up. Kristen hooked me up with some Pokemon, one of which being Goldingo. Yes. Which is the most one of the more annoying Pokemon to get in the game. You have to run around the world collecting gold coins and then have a little treasure chest Pokemon in your party and it just levels up because it merges with a thousand coins. It's a really And then Goldingo is becomes, a result of that. Yes, he's yeah. a weird golden lad with a snowboard. I love the name of I mean I love the sound of that, right? People love to compare him to the little cheese mascot from the classic like I think it was like Polio. That no, wasn't Polio. It was some string cheese company. And it was this like weird string-headed guy. He was like, yeah, I love cheese. That's um, where I've seen it before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like after I got the Pokemon from her, we hung out for a bit. And then when she went home, we went wandering around a bit. Yeah, and we yeah. came across the last Rican who was running the MAGFest. Well, what are people running the MAGPL final tournament round? And normally when I'm at MAGFest, I'm at that booth running yeah. a team. As yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was like some like um, tournament or like kind of like championship thing going on. They had like someone doing commentary, and it was yes. really cool. Yeah, they, they projected they, on the wall. They put a lot into it. And I actually always like that about the guys that run the MagPL there because I don't have the energy for running it, but I would totally come as a gym leader. Though I skipped this year because I wanted to spend as much time on this game as I could and not have to rush through the game. Yeah, which is funny because I technically beat the game last night. Oh, really? Finally, <laughs> yeah, finally beat the game. But while we were talking to the last weekend. And all the other gym leaders, I started asking, like, so what were the shining lights of this tournament? How is this terrotyping working out in a competitive scene? Like, because yeah. I haven't had a chance to play much competitive battling. And it turns out Gold Dingo was the star of the show. No who's kidding. on my gym team. So what the heck? No. But, yeah, Wait, he but was, like, just wrecking people. Is he really on your team, though? He, you kind of you adopted him. Oh, I brought him on. <laughs> I lured him with money. A thousand gold coins. But, no, it just seems like he has a pretty solid staple of abilities and moves that makes him pretty good to use, which is funny because he can't even breed, so you can't breed egg moves onto him or anything. Oh, wow, so you get him and like that's just what he is. That's what he is. You can give him mints and bottle caps and mm. stuff, but you can't breed him. Uh, and then in addition to all that stuff related to Pokemon, I hung up with Bobby Arson yesterday also. Oh. We had a massive like trade party. Like, he does a lot of Pokemon playing and raids and all that. Oh, I didn't know that. And he was like, hey, man, we haven't chatted in a bit. I told you we were playing Pokemon. We should do some Pokemon raids. I was like, yeah, let's hang out. And he's like, he gave me a bunch of cool Pokemon I was missing. 
So I'm probably going to have a shiny charm pretty soon. I just got to find these stupid states oh, wow. to find the, the legendaries in the game. But after that, I'm pretty much at, you know, sh shiny stamp, like shiny tamp. That's cool. Like, the whole thing about Pokemon was supposed to, like, be social and bring people together. And it's kind of, like, gone back to that. Everyone's sort of, like, coming back together, playing the game competitively and friendly, like. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. He's, he's been a, he's a, he's a solid dude. He's yeah, a totally. Solid dude. I know he's been through some stuff, too. So, Bobby, if you're listening to this, you know, uh, we've been thinking about you. And we're really happy you're in a, in a great place. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, we're going to do some raids real soon. Yeah, that's really exciting. That's cool. I love his tattoos, by the way. He's got like he's got like Ninja Turtles and stuff. Ooh. Yeah, he's got like some really cool nerd tattoos. <laughs> I'm really into them. Yeah, but it's it's ultimately Pokemon is a franchise that's really. I mean, I'll admit, Game Game Freak could stand to do a bit more with this franchise. They're far, far from perfect, and a lot of the criticisms that Scarlet and Violet took were very much solid criticisms. They belong <laughs> there. Yeah, but despite those things. Despite the game getting some sixes and fives out there, huh? just because a game rates in the average range, keep in mind, five isn't bad or six isn't bad. That's average. Um, average game can still be a solid bet to right. play. And Pokemon's core mechanics are addictive. Yeah, and if you're already a Pokemon fan, then an average game is still going to be pretty good. You bet yeah. your sweet bippy. And I am, I'm, in, I'm enjoying the game. Whether or not I'm going to continue to, if I'm just like running around checking raids, I don't know. But we'll find out, and with the EZPL going into you know Scarlet Violet season mm. in like a month or so, I'm gonna have my hands full taking on do challenges. You, do again. you meet up with them in person, or do you guys play online? All online, because even yeah. though we're East Coast Pokemon League, we have members that are all around the world. Okay. So we might we might get like challenges from England. One of our gym leaders is from England. He found us and joined the league years ago. <laughs> That's how I met the last Rican. He He's like EZPL. East Coast, right? But East Coast like English East Coast, right? Sorry. <laughs> it's like no, the wrong East Coast. Well, can I join anyway? Sure, you're welcome to. All right, um, um, we'll move ahead here, if you don't mind. Um, no! More yeah. Pokemon talk. <laughs> no, um, we're going to listen to music from the Sega Genesis. Um, it's not Pokemon. Absolutely not Pokemon. Don't. Um, not even close. This is this music from the game Aerobiz Supersonic, music by Taku Iwasaki. This is the menu theme. This is just a fun song. A fun song to, to run your airline, to buy and sell airplanes, and and just become the mogul of the airplane flying, selling world. Pack them in like sardines, Purnell. Charge them for all their carry-on bags. <laughs> so this is an eight-hour flight. There's no food. Wi-Fi. There's no Wi-Fi. That kid who's going to throw up on you is definitely going to be on that plane. So are we playing Aerobiz Supersonic or are we playing Aerobiz Spirit Airlines? <laughs> this is Spirit, <laughs> Aero Spirit Supersonic. Now, so the Aerobiz series is a series of games. Maybe, maybe there's only two in the series, but they are sim games about airlines. Let's get Aerobiz. Yeah, and this is the sequel. I can't believe I said this. So, worth it. So I picked a bunch of games. <laughs> It's popping, pal. So I picked a bunch of these games. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll lose it. All over. 
my box um, of of games that were just expensive because um, we we ran a uh, little quiz show which was not about the pricing of games but it was the price of right price of right pronounced. <laughs> Price is right. right. Uh, speed modes. Every time we do these shows, it's more fun to have like audience participation with like quizzes and games. And I feel like, you know, the people who came to the panel, they really enjoyed it. I hope so. Yeah, it seemed like it. So um, that was a lot of fun. And also, I really love this track. So I'm playing it. I feel like it, that's the one thing I wish we could. It was some way to pull off on this show proper. Like people, like so, like some sort of like we have enough trouble like getting people like to engage in like general submissions of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. imagine it's, it's if we tough. could be like, hey, you know. Here's this thing we're gonna throw up, like some random, like some information, and you have to submit a response for the next episode, so we can like kind of <laughs> let you know who came closest to win. But then people would probably cheat and look it up. Or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that stuff. It's like um, it's like bar, bar room, you know, uh, restaurant bar uh, quiz night. You yeah. Know. Leave your Quizzo. phones. Can't use your phones. Can't, Can't use, use your phones, phones for quizzo. Yeah, exactly. So. But what you're having at the panel is always that much more fun because people are kind of interacting with each other. Yeah. We can actually get, get people to laugh at each other and yeah, smile. Yeah, we had like prizes and stuff, so there's like a little bit of stakes involved, you know. Yeah, we gave away Omaha Steaks. Omaha <laughs> We gave them Steaky. Mmm, <laughs> Steaky. Uh, yeah, so I always enjoy doing that. And um, I feel like it, it kind of gets the crowd on our side. Absolutely. In a way that's like, our show is kind of, so I'm not saying our show is boring, Brunel. I'm saying our show is very much a podcast. Well, I mean, I'll tell you right now, yeah. you already know, I've, I've had more than a few days where I'm like, I wonder why people listen to it. Yeah, yeah. If we just keep doing this, and every once in a while we get an email, but not really, but we have a, we're like, man, oh, what, what, what would, oh, this, the is, this is fun, just you and me in the room, and then people can tune in and listen and have a good time on their way to work, but like, Getting in front of a crowd of like 50, 100 people, like, what is this? Do they want this? <laughs> this is what they want. And sometimes we get that many people, sometimes we don't. And the yeah. worst part about it is we can't tell what the hook is. It's just, yeah, you yeah. put your name in a hat. I know. And you I'm luck like, out or All right, so. so we're going to get there, right? Okay, this is what we're going to play. Okay, um, this is what we're going to do. And we're going to improvise about 99% of the show. And it's like, okay. How long can I hold this anxiety? Let's do it. <laughs> stomp it down. <laughs> and then we stomp it down and we just do it. With meat fine paste. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, I didn't do anything in the in the, uh, the marketplace dealer's room area this time. I didn't, even, I didn't even walk through it once. I just walked right past it. Your wallet thanks you. Um, again, what, would you have bought anything from the dealer's Absolutely room? not. No way. I mean, maybe if there was like a cool, like, cool artwork I always buy. Like, not always, but I'll buy like um, something cool for Christy. Like, if there's... Like some jewelry or maybe a poster. I do want to um, jazz up this room. Yeah, the whole room is a green screen. It, I mean, it really is. This whole room is a green screen. So I want to put some nice stuff up in here. Um, so yeah, I would probably would have bought some stuff that way. But I'd like all the game dealers. Like I'm just like, oh look at that game, and I just walk right past it. Well, I mean, you see the prices, you may as well walk past. But it. for me, it's like look at that game. I can't play it. And I just walked past it, <laughs> which is for me much more interesting to go into the the, the console free play area. Because there the, you can play in the arcade. Yeah, the, the, I, the console free play area. You were talking to Daryl, and I was really tired, and I walked away, and I said, "Hey, Pro, I'm gonna wander." Uh-huh. And you're like, "Okay." And so I walked away, and I sat down, and I played Bust a Groove. Oh, you ended up playing that? Yeah, I played Bust a Groove. I didn't even see it. I would have played that. On a busted PlayStation controller. No, I'm glad you didn't. Oh, God, that bad, huh? Yeah, it was pretty bad. Like, it was like, one, two, three, X. One, two, three, oh. And like, it was the, the buttons weren't working half the time. <laughs> I was like, I got through one stage, and I was like, all right, this is it. I'm done. Barely. 
But yeah, next to me with Tony Hawk Pro Skater, like they had everything hooked up. It was kind of fun. I enjoyed that. I always enjoy the uh, the console free play area because it's like it's very chill in a way that like you wouldn't Most expect. Most convention is not. Yeah, exactly. Because because the arcade is so big, mm-hmm. like the like the main like the, like the actual like arcade machines is so so many of them that that the console free play area is just like icing on the cake almost. Mm-hmm. Although we did play that, we watched you. It right, was, yeah, we'll get we'll get to that. Oh, okay, shortly. that was really fun. I enjoyed that. Um, we'll get to that. We'll get to that piece. Um, all right, so we're on your your uh, next track here. All right, so I'm probably not going to talk about the same topic I had at the show. I am going to bring up this track anyway because I want people to be able to hear this oh, yeah, their headphones. And I think we have a board game beats coming up too, so we got a plan for that. We do. So this track comes from the game FX Unit Yuki, and the track title is called Invasion of Castle Kilmara. It's composed by Garble Waves. Maybe we'll play the other one at the end of the episode. Because yeah, I, I, would like, I like them both a lot. This is a really good soundtrack. Oh, yeah. I've really enjoyed this. Uh, yeah, so Invasion of Castle Kilmara? Yes. Let's do it. This is good. Oh yeah, this OST I, is a slap. I love this song. This is I mean, like it's 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 heavy in a way that's got like it's like very dynamic. That Pokemon track was not dynamic. That Pokemon track was like loud. guitar in your face. It was loud. This track has got a lot more going on to it. Like this section here with like the, the kind of the strumming of the guitar. Well, it's very then it much, gets heavy. Oh, this is good. Well, I feel like they did a good job well, Garble Waves did a good job of emulating the style 
that was used by Tease Music in the Lords of Thunder soundtrack, which this level is also inspired by, um, because the game takes place in a world where you are a character that exists within this within the video game, and you're being tasked with playing a bunch of video games within this video game space, but rooting out corruption that exists within that video game space. I played it over at Francis's house a few months ago on a system I can't freaking afford. It was a PC Engine FX, and. Uh, he has a PC Engine effects? Yes, he does. What? He has a, he has a lot of cool wow. stuff. Yeah, really. He's a collector. Yes, he is. And this game was a bop. Like he was like, he's like, you gotta try this game. You gotta try this game out. And at first, it wasn't clicking for me because the gameplay itself was fairly simple. Not bad gameplay, but it's simple gameplay, you know. But the music, the music had me in it every step of the way. I beat the game while I had his house. I was oh, having wow. a great time with it. Simple but fun. What I can tell you is not simple though. Or those gays you were starting to mention earlier in the chat related yes. to MAGFest. Yes. MAGFest's console area has a very special section, which I, I don't know when they started doing it, but it was there in 2020. And it's interesting because leading up to MAGFest, um, the last weekend was kind of hitting me with emails like, I challenge you, when we get to the show, we're going to do a game challenge. Kind of like how they did it at Blockbuster. Give you memories of the Blockbuster yeah, game yeah, yeah. challenge. Actually, we used to do that in 1984, that Barcade. We'd be like, okay, we're going to play... The Ninja Gaiden on the on the Play Choice Ten. One quarter. One quarter. How far can you get? You know, like people like challenge each other those those ways. Yeah. yeah, and it's a lot of fun. And by the time I tell them, I was like, I don't really want to make a big thing out of it. I just want to go do the panel and go to bed. Yeah, just have fun, and then yeah, then turn in. <laughs> but then it ended up having fun in that sense too. Like we were hanging out, walking around, playing games together. But then we came across this wonderful station, where there, I'm pretty sure this was inspired by that blockbuster challenge too because it's a series of roms for a variety of games across consoles but someone modded the games to have specific rules and conditions yes to make it play unlike anything you're going to really be doing at home yeah you're given a menu of like 50 different like retro games but each one has a condition that's like kind of it's kind of like 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 the mega man all you, you have to jump every like it, it, it forces you to jump or there's a timer um, and then you have to, there's like little like trophies to, to finish it. And so if you can finish it, get the trophy, then you earn points on, on your badge, which on your on your on your con badge, which has a barcode on it. Like this was thought out very well, very well. And, yeah. and the funny thing is, like some of the challenges you could probably replicate at home on your own without any specialties. Like I beat a couple of them. I was actually kind of proud of myself. Oh, like, we one were of them impressed. they had you do. Yeah, that was fun. It was like Mario 64 Bowser's Road 2, but you couldn't use the jump button. Which means to get around things that made you jump, you had to intentionally dive in lava so it'll like make you leap over walls right. and stuff without killing and yourself. So you had to manage your health along the way, knowing that you were going to lose health jumping back into the lava. Yep. And yeah. there were some creative yeah, really situations clever. like that for me. So I was like, I've never thought about playing this way, but I was able to beat that one. I did another one was Mega Man 2, where you had to play through the entirety of Air Man stage, and you got bonus points for beating Air Man, but the entire time the game was forcing you to jump. Like, you could never walk. It was a constant stream yeah. of jumps, and if you've played Mega Man 2, you know there's two parts in particular where constantly jumping is a huge detriment right. to the experience. Th those floating platforms that are like circular motion, like flying in a circular motion. Yes, the thundercloud man. Like you just want to stand still yep. and wait, but you can't. But you, can't. <laughs> you can't. And it makes all the timing a frustrating it's mess. So much different. And then like because you're constantly jumping and you're scrolling the screen backwards and forwards with that moving platform, Enemies are spawning all around you too. Mm -hmm. That I mean, that, that, those are really interesting. I only I only played the one. It was um, it was NES Tetris, but for every line you complete, the game would switch over to another game that looked like Tetris, but it played like columns. 
And then if I completed a line in that game, it would switch back over to exactly where I left off in Tetris. And so I had to go until I finished a level of Tetris, but oh my God. It's brutal. So like every time I cleared a line, it had to be a Tetris or a four or a four for, you know, and um, yeah, it was, that was super, super challenging. I want to say the one that I love the most that I didn't manage to complete Funny enough, not because of my skill level, but literally because if was, I sat there and kept trying, you guys would have lost your marbles. Oh, no, was if, the uh, yeah? If it was earlier in the day and I had already eaten, we would have stayed there. We all probably we probably would have all got involved playing it. But it was Mega Man X. Yes. So Capcom. Funny enough, Capcom's already done a Mega Man X challenge in their Mega Man Legacy collections, where they were like, "Hey, we're going to make you fight two different bosses at the same time with all of your weapons. Can you win?" Which is a cool challenge. But it makes me surprised that he never attempted what they had you doing in this challenge, which was you have to beat every Maverick in Mega Man X1 in one go with one health tank. But every 30 seconds, the game was switched to another boss. So you'd be fighting Flame Mammoth. He's jumping towards you. You're about to jump over him off of the wall, which you've got the timing played out for and everything. But as you're about to press the button, the game switches over to Chill Penguin. And now you're like leaping across the screen and chill penguins. We're like, what the heck am I? Yeah, no, with the same with the same charge of your weapon and the same everything. It's oh, it is maddening. There's times where you just get thrown back into the last fight you were in and just take a hit because you were in the middle of doing something that required timing and precision, and yeah. you just whipped it. That was the one we were like, oh my god, we we could be here all night. But I was kicking butt. You were, you were, you. Me and Daryl were absolutely cheering you on. It was exciting to watch. I really enjoyed watching it. And the thing about it is, people might be thinking, "Okay, that's not too bad." You just got to remember the sequence. There's no sequence. There were times where I'm like, I had forgotten there was a boss that I was still fighting. He would just pop. Oh wow, there's Spark Mandrill. This is stupid. I know. But I, I know. And the fact that it swaps out mid-fight is like you can't get into a rhythm of like, okay, I dodge here, I go under here, I jump here. You can't get into that. That's nope. like, oh, now suddenly I got to do this. It, it's really, it was a really great idea for a challenge. Yes, it was. Yeah, yes, really, it was. Really cool. I want more things like that. Then you, I don't know, you were playing that once. It was a uh, Streets of Rage, but it was like, um, oh, the adrenaline, like crank. Yeah, it was. It was a crank of rage or something. Where like the, the the heartbeat would make the screen dim down. So until you killed another enemy, so you only like between enemies, you had like I don't know, like ten seconds before you ran out. And that was a lot harder than people would believe it oh. was. I got to the end of the level, but I, I couldn't beat the boss. Why not? You got to the boss, and you killed all the enemies around it. And I was like, why did you do that? I was like, I don't know, because I ain't going to lie to you. I know why I did it. I misinterpreted the challenge the whole time, oh. which is amazing. I still got to the end. I assumed you could get it back just by beating someone up, oh. not necessarily killing them. So yeah. I was like, okay, if I can get him into a combo string, I can keep it going. But nah, it was a point where he was like, I'm beating him up, but I'm not getting any juice. Yeah, because if you if you if you like try to cheese out the enemies by throwing them or just jump kicking them, then you had to wait for them to get up, and you could die before that. Yep. So you had to you had to keep like I guess doing the actual cheese, which was like keeping him in a hit stun. But then at the boss, you'd have to keep multiple enemies on the screen alive. Yeah, there's no to there's... use them as health. <laughs> essentially, yes. it was. I mean, that was a really interesting challenge because Streets of Rage is, is not a fast game. No, it isn't. Yeah. There were definitely times where. In a normal game, you fight like the J signal and sorry the R signals and Y signals, and they have a penchant for moving faster than you, and right, they can right. step back when you're trying to get in. So you're like, "Come on, man! I need to punch you!" And they're like, "Nope, stay away <laughs> from you!" They're... Like this is really ridiculous. What is happening here? This is frustrating. Suddenly, I care what Y signal thinks. 
this is ridiculous. Yeah. They're like, uh, it's, it was a really, really cool idea. And they all have like really clever names for all the challenges. Um, I wonder if they released them separately. I want to look that up. I hope it'd be nice if they did. Just to play them at home, you know, because they had, they, I think they had like 20, 30 setups of it. So uh, most people could just sit down and try it. Yes. Um, okay. We're going to get into our next song and then we're going to talk about some board games. Yes. We played some board games at the show and we've got some games to review here. Um, also from AEG, which stands for Allied Allied Entertainment Group. I to this Allied, day I don't even know. Allied Entertainment Group. It sounds like a movie theater company, <laughs> honestly. But we do a lot with AEG. So um, the track we're going to listen to is from a Game Boy game called Trip World, with one of my favorite soundtracks. This is World Three Part One, composed by the group Phase Out, which is Masayuki Iwata, Tsutomu Ishida, and Atsushi Mihiro. This is a Sunsoft joint. This is Trip World for the Game Boy World 3 Part 1 by Phase Out, Masayuki Iwata, Sutomo Ishida, Atsushi, Mihiro. This is a super chill track. If it was just a little bit longer, we'd play this, or I'd give this to Hammock on KVGM The Last Wave. Well, I guess this probably coming on the show sometime in the near future, probably the next month or so. Yeah, yeah. I want to get him actually sooner than later, um, just, just to make sure he's on the show. Yes. So uh, Just so we can get it. Get it going. Him and uh, Ed, too, I'm going to get on the show. Actually, you know what would be funny? What's up? Then again, we already have a topic in mind for him, but it'd be funny if he actually brought him on for one of our special February episodes that we got playing. Oh. I mean, he might be into that. If I mean, we have a topic in mind, but I don't, I don't think any of us have done any research for it. So that is true. I think it's going to be all right. <laughs> um, all right. So this is the uh, part of our show that we like to do where we talk about board games. There's a lot of board games at MAGFest this year. They had a whole separate section kind of wing of the convention center of uh, free play uh, board games. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, had a li- they had a whole library of them, a lot of good stuff in it. And um, indie games too, that where people were showing off their indie games. And we and earlier this year we went to PAX. We had a whole PAX episode. Yes. Yeah. So why not talk about some more games? Now we played this, you, me, and uh, Christy and uh, Kim. Yes. We all played this one. So for the perspective worth noting on the show in general, so we get a number of games that come into the show. Also, I buy a stupid amount of games, but we will never talk about a game on the show that we collectively did not like. So just worth noting, if it's a game that we didn't like, you'll never hear it from here. So, But this game, on the other hand, is quite good. Mm. Um, this goes by the name of the Guild of Merchant Explorers. It was designed by Matthew Dunstan and Brett Gilberts and published by AEG Games. Yeah. We played it twice that night, if you remember. Yeah, and yeah. back to back. Back to back. We liked it. And the idea behind this game is a one to four player game and the theme, I, mean, I guess the theme really clicks with this. The idea is that the Queen has asked you, the Guild of Merchant Explorers, to branch out from your home kingdom mm-hmm. to explore the land and discover new villages and cities in order to establish various trade routes and find, you know, potentially some money, too, right. that may have been lost along the way by maybe sunken ships of former merchants or whatever. And the way that you're tasked to do this 
is you get a board. Everyone gets their own board. And you might remember, some of you can remember, like, oh, yeah, pronounce that what happened. Get this right. But no, no, get- yeah, yeah. You have a board. Everyone's got a small game board in front of them of, of the world, of the game world. And, and it's, it's all a shared map. So, like, shared everyone map. has the same style of map, but yeah. we have our own versions of it. It's all hexagons. And you're exploring from your home base. And you're picking a location. And everyone's got their own rules. Everyone's got the everyone's using the shared rule yes. of how to explore. And you place little cubes in a line or in a row or however it is going to a new place. Yes. Like, and the way those rules come up is that there's a deck of cards. It's not very many either. It's maybe like five of them. Mm-hmm. And when you flip it, it'll say something like, you can place cubes on any two adjacent grassland tiles, for example. And what will happen is you look at your board and you can span off from any place you've already been right. or one of your home bases most specifically your main home base to start and you'll place your cubes out and each time you draw a card you'll get a new rule and everyone's going to fulfill that rule in their own respective way and what ends up being cool is everyone's doing their own thing even though you have the same map and you're getting the same requests for rules everyone's doing things differently in response to that right and every round you take off all of your cubes except for where you've discovered like towns and cities or founded like little ports. Mm-hmm. So everyone's kind of branching out in different directions as far as they can and then kind of claiming these areas so that in the next round they can go from that area and go a little bit further. Yes. Um, and it was really interesting seeing everyone's different like tactics, like like how far they're going to go and, and what direction they're going to be, like where they think the most points are going to be. And what I find to be the most awesome thing about this, because you might be listening to us talk about this and going, well, if you're all getting the same rules and you're getting the same map, right. how can this possibly be very different? And the answers are twofold. One, just simply the fact that people see the map, know the scoring conditions, and you know process them differently and say, this is the optimal route or this is the optimal route. Mm. But the other thing, quite possibly the coolest thing in this game, is that every round, which they refer to as eras, that's one full draw of the movement oh, cards that you have to go through, you will eventually get one card that is a special card that only you have. No one else gets it. Oh, that's right. They're the special ones. Yeah. Yes. And every one of them gives you an ability that's, that feels essentially broken. And that's what makes it great. Like, you might read it and go, this is cheap. This doesn't make sense. But then you have to realize that everyone on the table is getting something equally cheap. Right. So Yeah. And then and they stack. In the next era, you get two of them. The next era, you have three of them to go through. And it's just it's it was really fun to go through that and, and just to... See how far I can get. And there's how many boards are included? There's a total of four different boards. And I would say, quite honestly, this is a game that would be rife for expansions, potentially. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of gameplay in those four maps. Because each map has six different bonus goal conditions, of right. which each round only three of them will come out. Plus, you have, you know, you'll look at it, you'll come up with a different routine every time you play. Because since the tile types that you can make moves on each round come up in different orders. Yeah. You might not just go into the mountains on this round because they want you to go into the water first. Yeah. So now you're branching out ah. in a completely different way. There's a lot of replayability here. And the thing that's worth noting that I have to state because this game came to us by review. I requested it. They offered it. But when I saw the game at the store, it looks extremely dry. Like outright oh. bland oh, dry. It, it is beige. Everything about this game is super beige. Like... Understanding where the grass was and the water was and the mountains were, a little challenge. A little challenge. <laughs> yeah. That's and it's beige. You, and that's the thing. Like, nowadays in the board gaming scene, everything pops. Like, everything's oh, yeah. colorful. They're trying to get your attention. Yes, they want you to buy their game, take it home. And this game is not doing that. But having gained access to playing it and seeing it, because when you got to review it, 
you have to kind of kick all that kind of stuff to the side yeah. and be like, I got to just see what the game is and ignore you know the fact the that it's not popping. And once that yeah. happened, the game shined through, and I liked the game enough that the only thing that would make it better literally is mm. more graphics. But the game as it is I is mean, a lot of fun. And the graphics don't even have to be mechanical a uh, part of the game. Like, I'm looking at this cover, and it's it's like a beige ship, a beige castle, some blue water, and a really nice cover like looks hand drawn like it's nice yeah all they have to do is put like a mouse with a cape and a sword <laughs> super mouse he's exploring and, like, maybe like a like a little dog with like i don't know like a pirate hat or something <laughs> and, and that's all they'd have to do and i swear it would just be like boom done there's their expansion right there yeah like, yeah like animals on the ship no, that no, help or something no that would just be second edition <laughs> second edition. exact same game exact same boards no change to the components just put that on the box <laughs> animals it'll sell immediately um but yeah that, that's but those are my 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 only big things of the game is that one it felt like a game that you would play you would make up you and your friends would make up in the back of a classroom yes we have like oh i you would draw on a map and you'd be like if you go over here you can't go here anymore and it felt like an expansion on something you would do in a classroom i don't know if that's good or bad but, i don't know i think but it's that's good. how it felt because it didn't feel like any other board game we've ever played the other thing is that because everyone's got their own map um if they can't be very big they have to be kind of small mm-hmm. and you're placing these tiny little cubes on these tiny little hexagons on your tiny little map and it is so fiddly so often in the game i'm like if i just bump my elbow the wrong way it's gone <laughs> everything is gone and i can't play anymore because i wouldn't remember where everything was and i won't be able to keep up so, or if the cat jumped up on the table and like shifted everything so it'll be one of those terraforming mars like plastic overlays yeah so i mean like and honestly that like, that's just the nature of how this game was designed you can't exactly they couldn't afford to, to print out these enormous cardboard maps for every player. Car- giant cardboard maps with like little um, uh, indents mm-hmm. so that, that the pieces won't move off. It would of definitely it. jack the cost up, but I think this game retails for like 40 compared uh, to like a game that would have those indents that would retail for like 70 Yeah, because it's so much more work and so much more labor and it's, a, it's so much more money it costs to produce those components. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, those are the few things that would hold me back, but I'm really happy that we got the chance to play it because I would have never chosen this one at all and you kept saying like rob we got the, i got this game i want to play <laughs> it's not the most exciting looking game it's super dry but it's really cool trust me yes and we and trusted yeah it was good i really enjoyed it again we played it twice just because like once the game was over we were all like we could have done that better i could have done that better done better yeah and chasing that high score and of course the main the the scoring conditions were different so it felt like a different play style too so yeah but all in all i feel like rhythm and pixels well like i said we we, don't, we wouldn't talk about it if we didn't like it yeah. but nonetheless rhythm and pixels definitely recommend we recommend the Guild of merchant explorers it's it, a fun time it's up there yeah uh, definitely up there okay um we're on to your next track all right now let me see what the heck my next track is going to be. <laughs> I have a listing here. So I did kill Mara, did the Juba Chupa Tapa do. Yeah, you've got eighteen I, tracks per now. <laughs> just gotta pick a good one. Um <laughs> they're all good. That is true. I like my tunes. All right, you know what? I'm going to go with the track from The Goonies. Yeah. Because <laughs> I didn't I didn't play that at the show. I played a different one at the show. No, that's right. So I'm gonna play this one here. This is stage two from the game The Goonies 2 from the Nintendo Entertainment System composed by Hide Nori Meizawa and Sato Terashima. Mm-hmm. 
Welcome back. You're listening to The Goonies 2, Stage Theme 2. <laughs> From the Nintendo Entertainment System, composed by Hide Nori Meizawa and Sato Terashima. The Goonies 2 was a game that, as a child, I adored ever so much. I'm going to guess we were able to acquire it because it was one of those lucky game purchases in my life. In addition to the fact that The Goonies was a franchise that I, like most 80s kids, was obsessed with. I was going to say, like, did, you, did you watch The Goonies as a kid? Absolutely. Yeah, love it. Well, sometimes, like sometimes, some of the pop culture stuff, like you, like I miss out on, or you missed, like not miss out on, but like we, there's like some blind spots between you and I. But the Goonies ain't it, baby. That's good. I like that. The, the Goonies is a shared, shared pop culture reference. Yeah, Cindy yeah. Lauper, and then I always remember. I always feel like I overlay the little monsters ending with the Goonies ending somehow. They both involve beaches. Yeah, that's right. But um, the little monsters that was one with Howie Mandel, right? Yeah, he played the monster, and Fred Savage played the kid. Okay, I, I, for some reason, I get that confused with um, oh, the one with Corey Feldman. <laughs> What's that one? I forget what that the one The Lost was. Boys, probably. Not Lost Boys. Uh, I had oh. both of the Corys. Yeah, maybe it was Lost Boys. That, well, that's a different movie. <laughs> yeah, there it is, but it's not the Corys. Uh, but yeah, so The Goonies 2 was a, was a superb game, and... Thinking about MAGFest, one of the things that comes to mind regarding the MAG is like a lot of, I kind of mentioned in the last track too, but like a lot of challenges, a lot of speed running, a lot of people putting money, yeah, just to be honest, there's some shadow bets going on there. Oh, like yeah. People yeah. putting money on the table, like, okay, how fast can you beat this level? How quickly can you do this thing? And the Goonies 2, in recent events, has become a topic of conversation, and it kind of came to a head in my head at MAGFest because Francis and I were talking about picking this game up and just playing through the entire thing in one sitting. I haven't played this since I was like eight years old. Yeah. So it'll feel new. Your brain is like the NES classic retro game steel trap, though. Like, you're going to remember. It's going to come back real real quick. Here's the hoping, because this was one of those games where I had to call the Nintendo Power Line at 255-3700 and uh, get help trying to figure out where to go because I got lost in one of the maze areas. Because I couldn't find the diving suit, which I needed to get to like the second half of the map. Mm. And, and it's it one of those games where like the items would like randomly appear someplace if you jumped in like one like tile of the game. Close. You had to knock on walls with your knuckles or hammer. But there was no like clue that that was where you had to go. It's just like random. The occasional poorly translated clue from a kid oh, that you rescue. Gosh, that was oh the NES eight the eighties poor translations, but. Uh, Nintendo Power, or rather the Nintendo Hotline, gave me the tip I needed. I went and I found that diving suit, and then the rest of the game was easy peasy for me. Oh, okay. But that was like that was like that was the one area. That was the one sticking point because I have a mind like a trap, with, like you said, when it comes to maps and stuff. So I could be like, okay, the room that had the pool of water was on this section of the map, way over oh here. God. I can make that trip back, no problem. <laughs> These games, I start walking in one direction, I'm like lost we were talking about metroidvanias I'll, I'll play these games and i just get stuck in them because like I, it's, it's, there's something with the play style is something that um appeals to me and i get addicted to it and i start going in one direction and i am lost immediately and i'm like okay i got the item now i need to go back and use it where did i last see that door and that's <laughs> what kills me about those games the thing that none of these games do metroidvanias which it kills me they should they love to offer maps and every once in a while, they'll just be like, when you find a room, they'll like put like a little auto icon there indicating uh-huh. something. But they never give you the ability to just like dot it 
and then go to like another tab and put a note or something that yeah, says oh, go here for this reason. No, I played one that I had like a little note system. Oh no, it was um, it was Bloodstained. Bloodstained had all sorts of like icons you could place on the map. Oh, that's awesome. There we go. More of that than yeah, because... I don't know how much you, play, you probably didn't play that much of Bloodstained, right? Yeah, because at the time I bought it was on the Switch, and this is before the Switch got patched, so it has some power, some um, some performance issues, and. I got obsessed with the farming section because I was trying to get yeah. every little item and the farming was damn near real time. So <laughs> I was like, well, I'm, I'm just not getting enough rice yeah, the, at this the, point. The map, the map in Bloodstained is, is really... it's It's got all, all the quality of life features that you would probably want in it. It's like the doors, if it's locked, it's a certain color. If it's unlocked, it's not. And you know if you go into a room where the doors are going to be, if you, as long as you like saw it yourself, mm -hmm. so that you can always go back and look at your map and say, okay, I, this area I do need to go back and look at. But there's also all these little icons you can click on on the map and say, like where the diamonds are are places that I need to go back once I know I can jump higher. Or maybe this is an area that I thought looked suspicious. I want to come back and check it out later on in the game. Okay. Um, and it was really, really helpful for me because I get lost so easily in these things. Yeah, I need to get, I need to get on that. Thing. Especially like, in these Castlevania games where like the, you can turn everything upside down and suddenly it's backwards. And, <laughs> uh, I'm trying hard. We'll see how I am this year with games. But, I mean, SML comes from hiatus next week. So, for all I know, I'll probably be back on the review junket losing some time there. Mm -hmm. But I keep telling myself, this, could this be the year where I get rid of the FOMO and the dopamine need and just not buy new titles and just play old titles and yeah. progress? Like, like I mentioned earlier, I haven't played through Hollow Knight. I haven't played Hollow Knight. Yeah, get that dopamine hit of, like, playing all the games everyone's everyone's loved already. And finish them. Can you finish that and then be like, wow, that was good. See, the, see those credits, man. <laughs> that this would the, be nice. Make, make this the year of the credits. The year of the credits, which yeah. is 4 <laughs> February is coming up, too. Oh, that's right. There you go. Maybe I'll finish. Uh, maybe I'll finish Tunic in February. <laughs> Are you going to just stop playing it for the next few weeks? I don't, I'm, not, I'm not finished. I'm not going to finish it this month. I don't play enough. I, I I'd like to. I just don't. I just don't. Well, you were saying you were like at a point now, we're probably near the end. Like you're solving like these golden. Uh, I said, golden told, road I told puzzles. you, Christy looked ahead, and she was like, you're "Not really. Yeah, there's plenty more." Which uh. which made me really happy to hear <laughs> because I was like, <laughs> "I don't want I this at the end? end yet." Yeah, I don't want this to be over. Um. Well, this episode's not over yet. I got one more track to play for this this section of the show. We're going to listen to music from Zombie Nation for the NES. This is an oddball, late-era NES game. Uh, full title is Samurai Zombie Nation. It's bizarre. We talked about it a lot at the panel. It's really funny sounding. This is by Takane Akubo, Norio Nagata. We're going to listen to Round 1, Part 1. back you're listening to music from zombie nation the only game where you can play as a floating disembodied zombie samurai head flying through america destroying zombified americans and fighting the statue of liberty so that you can retrieve your samurai sword 
bring it back to your shack in Japan. Your coffin shack? No, in the beginning of the game, there's like explosions, and then they're like there's zombies in America, and like there's like it's in the cutscene, <laughs> and there's like it's like a picture of like a shack, uh-huh. like it's, it's what it looks like, like a cottage, and the head goes, it flies <laughs> out of it, fly out. and then you're flying. It's a shooting, it's a side-scrolling shooting game where you're shooting eyeballs and weird stuff. It is strange. This development studio only did a few games. This might be one of their only one of the only NES games they've made. And it's, it, I don't know, maybe this is also a labor of love. Maybe this is just some some weird-ass story that was, like, they kicked around. They're like, let's make a game out of this. We've always wanted to make a game out of this. And it got a Nintendo power, right? Yes. Zombie Nation? It was in Nintendo Pass. Wow. wow. That's the only place I've ever seen or heard of it. That's amazing. There are some differences in the Japanese version. I think, like, um, the Statue of Liberty actually looks like the Statue of Liberty. But in the American version, like, they got rid of the crown, and instead it's uh, snakes. Like a Medusa head? I don't know. Why would they make a, the Statue of Liberty a Medusa? Why not? Why not, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's, that, that is this game. This game is why not. <laughs> it's got some cool music. It's got some really, really... But you already cool pictured and, a head flying out of a shell going, woo! Yeah, it's just flying in the air. Um, you're, you're hit because you're this enormous head. Like You're pretty big on the screen. The sprite of the head is, is pretty big. So it's, it's, it's a huge target. So this is supposed to be a very difficult game because there's no way in, you can, you're going to avoid everything. I want a hitbox dome that size. Yeah, it's, you've got hit points rather than like a one-hit kill on most shooters, but it's still, I mean, you're a big head. But do you pick up cheese sticks flying in the air to recover your health? I haven't played it yet, so uh, maybe. Gulp. I would hope so. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that health is like something. Like, so it, maybe it's like Pocky or No, it needs ramen. to be cheese sticks. It needs cheese. to be cheese sticks. He's flying through America. At he's, some point, you're, you're on the East Coast. He's on the East Coast. Yeah. <laughs> Get those cheese sticks. Yeah. Uh, there's like six stages, I think. Each one's like a different region of the country. So, so different styles of cheese sticks. Uh, it'd be awesome if like Mount Rushmore came to life. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing cheese sticks at <laughs> yeah, That'd be amazing. Abe Lincoln's like, I'm going to get you. With cheesesteak. Abe Lincoln's on the Brown Rushmore, right? I, I forget who's up there. You're asking the wrong guy. Franklin Jefferson. Presidents. President, presidents. Not all presidents. It's a bunch of presidents. One of them. One of them is uh, Ronald McDonald. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to turn this track down. We're going to get into the part of the show we call the bonus round. Bonus round. The bonus round is where we play covers and remixes and arrangements on our theme. We actually... Um, I think came with some bonus round tracks for the show for, the, for some of the bands that are at MAGFest because MAGFest is music and gaming. I mean, there is equal parts all-day music performances Mid-Atlantic and all-day video gaming. There's a lot. What did you say? It's like Mid-Atlantic Gaming Festival. Is it, or it's the I'm Med- te- I'm I mean, it is the gaming festival in the Mid-Atlantic region of the United States. I just like joking, Bob, because it uh, just- This is what it was, the, right? That's what it originally was. And then one day they changed it to music and gaming, and it was a legitimately perfect switch fit. Yeah. And yet it just never came to mind. I was like, wait a minute. It could have been Mid-Atlantic Gaming. It could have been music and gaming this whole time. Because I mean, nope. really, I mean, like, like it was like game rooms, and like you guys got bands together, right? But at, t- at the time, the bands were s- just to draw people in. Like it was like, we need guests, we need guests. Who do you want to get? Well, here's some cool video game cover bands. We can get them to come out, you know. But then over the years, of course, mm. the music took off because there was no other real place for like all these VGM cover bands to just yeah. get together and hang out and play shows. So. That's my my take is how the music became more part of Magfest than it was because back in the day Mag also had video rooms. 
because yeah. it was oh. meant to be kind of like anime like cons. An anime con. Yeah. Well, it now me- it's like you have. There's not even just like a like uh, too many games. There's one main stage, right? And there's mm-hmm. there's the, all of the acts are gonna play there, maybe three or four in a row. Then like that's the night at Magfest. There's like the main stage. There's like another side stage. There's um like the jam space. There's jam spaces like pods where they set up um essentially like power strips for bands to sign up for I guess before the show and then like be all over the convention floor. I think they can sign up during too. And even during and then there's also yeah jam spaces of like one there's like one or two areas where you can just go in and be like hey I play guitar and someone's like hey I play drums like hey let's play Mario Brothers music and then you can just go in and just play Mario Brothers music. Um yeah I walked in on a one space where I, saw, I think it was a band actually warming up because I was like, oh, is there like a sign up for this? And like the lady gave me a really nasty look and I was like, okay, <laughs> just going to so enjoy the people playing Persona music. Sorry. Um, but yeah, it was it was just like a lot of stuff going on. So um, yeah, I'm happy that music is such a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it does feel equal measures because there's so many game, so much gaming going on. And this is all one big culture anyway. I mean, everyone yeah. that's playing music there is playing gaming music, so. Yeah, mainly. Uh, I th- there was the the big band that um I think your friend wanted to see that we that we met a D. She was like really. Uh, an, an, was the Transformers band? Yeah, it was like called like Cyber Cybertronic something or other. I think they played mainly Transformers music. Cybertronic Spree. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. If that's not their name, I'll be shocked. Um, but we picked music from um other artists that performed that weekend, right? Yes. And I'm actually sad we weren't able to catch a number of the shows of bands that we listened to from the show right. because we were only there on Saturday. One of them actually was playing during our panel, and the other played on Friday, I believe. <laughs> I know. We were like, hey, in case you guys get bored here, go see this band because they're really good. <laughs> we like them. <laughs> we like them. Really good bands. But the track I'm picking is from a band that I feel they, they're pretty cool, like, I like seeing them. They say I, hi. I like them a lot. I think they play well. I think they, they produce content like no one's business. Yes, and they they're do. S- and they're super friendly. Absolutely. And hilarious. They're legitimately funny. I feel like they may actually have some comedians in their some comedian blood in their background. Mm. Um, but this comes from the band Lame Genie. This is the Koopa's Road track from the game Super Mario 64, and they put some work into this bad boy. It's good.
Welcome back. You just listened to Koopa's Road from the game Super Mario 64, covered by Lane Genie. Those guys are superb, um, and everything they do is gold. I don't think I've ever heard a track they've covered and said, this is bad, which is worth saying in this case because I want to say you said it was the beginning of it since COVID kicked off originally. They were doing one cover per week. Yeah, they were for a long time. I don't know if they're still doing it. They were doing like a video per week. Like not just covers of music, like full videos of of them playing. Yes, they were um, good, really, really good. Yeah, in the beginning of the pandemic, they were doing it remotely too. So they must have already been set up, or they they're just they're just really are technically savvy to, mm-hmm. to do it. But like, yeah, they produce a lot, and it's all very good, technically very good, and it's all fun. Um, the arrangements are always um, clever. Yes, I like it a lot. Yeah, try to get them back on the show again. Yeah, yeah, I like them a lot. Um, I they're local-ish because they come to all the stuff that's out here. They're to Rhode Island. Yeah, there you go, local-ish-ish. Yes, ish-ish. <laughs> yeah, they're up there. Um, okay, so um, an artist I wanted to see but then ended up missing because he played at the rave, which was after midnight, and there was no way I was going to have a whole lot of energy to do that. <laughs> um, as an artist, I love his name is Maxo. Um, I listened to a lot of his music because he did like some Mega Man remixes in the past, and then his original music was really, really good. And he kind of dialed back on the on the original music again and got back into actually producing for video games. And so he's done a whole bunch of indie games. We're going to listen to music from the game Casual Birder. This track is called Getting Away with Birder. <laughs> I think it's super cute. It's the main background music for the game, um, composed by Max Coburn, a.k.a. Maxo. Bye. 
Okay, that was Maxo, a super cute track for the game Casual Birder. This is um, actually a game for the Playdate, which is a tiny little handheld system with a little crank on the side. It's super cute. Um, Up it, until now, I seriously thought the crank's purpose was to add charges to the system so they wouldn't <laughs> die. In the- <laughs> no, yeah, from what I understand, it's like all the games kind of use it as like kind of like an extra little analog control for some of the games. Um, I love Maxo. He's got a super jazzy style to his music. Um, in in some ways, it's so jazzy. It's math. It's it's really good. And this guy, he said he played at Mag this year. He played at Mag this year. He's also from Rhode Island. Oh. Um, yeah, and he was uh, played the rave up at the um, what's it called Pose or Poise. Apparently, VGM composer slash cover artist is Rhode Island's best kept secret. Yeah, who knew? Who knew that Rhode Island was just churning out VGM cover bands? But <laughs> <laughs> well, for more information on the bonus round, go to rhythmandpixels.com. We'll have links to all of these um, bands from Rhode Island, <laughs> all their band camps and SoundClouds where you can go and listen to the music and buy this music and support these artists. Okay, thank you for joining us on this episode of Rhythm and Pixels 35-7. This is our little recap of MAGFest and just some random music that we brought with us to the show and just some memories and some stories of some stuff that we did. Oh, yeah. All in all, MAGFest proved to be a fantastic time. Um, I, I kid you not, I'm okay with admitting the fact that going into MAGFest, I was thinking, I'm going to just go, go here, we'll get this panel done, and I'm going to just go pass out in the corner or just be by myself. For the rest of the day. And then we get there and we do the panel. It was fun. We hang out and it was fun. Mm-hmm. I got my behind kicked in Puyo Puyo Champions by this woman who was dressed up in a really cool costume. Yeah. That was fun. She wrecked you. She and I and I, and I had that's the funniest part of all. I, I I didn't lie, but I absolutely omitted some information. I did not want her to know that I had been playing Puyo Puyo since Dr. Robotnik and Kirby's Avalanche. I didn't. I don't be wrong. I wasn't like playing it like professionally or anything. It's I know. Like, I know. I played like, back. Then. We know the game. We've we been know. Play, the we've been playing since we've been kids. Yes. So we should we be better at the game? I don't know. Probably not better because well, I mean, maybe because she, she plays well. Like, she told me she plays like she plays to be better at the game. She's she's good at the she's game. She's competitive with she's herself. She's competitive with herself. Yeah. But like 
she was giving me pointers on like how to do combos. Yeah. And I'm like, that's really good advice. Now, don't get me wrong. I could have been that jerk and be like, I know how to play the game. You don't have to tell me how to play the game. But it was a combination of this person's being really friendly and offering advice to get better. Mm -hmm. She doesn't need to know that inside I'm like curled up in a ball because I got the stuffing kicked out of me in the game that I already know I you like. Know, I think you might you might have actually taken away some of the joy of the game if it's like, did you know that you're just like destroying our inner childs right now? Like, <laughs> yeah. This is a game that like we, we play for fun because it's really hard and we think we're pretty good at it. Uh, no. Nope. And but no. <laughs> but ultimately like thankful like the I actually enjoyed just having that her talking and being friendly and not being like a jerk yeah, competitive yeah, I, bro. There or were whatever. a bunch of cool people we met on the in the game room. Um, they the dude the guy the dude who owned the um the, the popping machine. Yes, yeah, the only was, one that had hanging speakers so you could actually hear the music. I felt so bad. He was like talking about his family and about his kids, and the place was so noisy I couldn't respond to him because I had lost my voice at that point. But he, I'm sure he knew that in some. I respect. hope so because he's probably like, man, this guy won't respond to me. He's some weirdo. I'm like, I can't. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah. Yeah, that's great. I, I wanted to be yeah. like, hey, I want to know more about you. Yeah, let me let me tell you about myself. I couldn't do any of that. It was the, so noisy. The so smile noisy. and nod secret, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah man. I love, yeah, I love I spent, it. It's I great. spent so great. much time playing. Um, day, someone brought in full-size Daytona Racing 2. EB would love that. Cabinets. Not just the cabinets, like the sit-down giant ones that swiveled around, the ones that we used to have at Funscape. Um, they hooked it up. They didn't have the actual cabinets for the motherboard so the motherboards were just sitting on the floor uh -huh. and the giant racing machines were hooked up to these these other big machines with a with a with a giant like uh i guess pole connected to it and then just random lcd screens displaying the game in <laughs> front of you only two out of the four worked but playing that game was the heaviest nostalgia trip i've had in a long time it made me so happy and that's why arcades need to friggin come back i don't know how because they're expensive as the dick yeah. but it's clear that there's a potential for love for them to exist. Like, there are. It's just the, the 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 business model is not what it used to be. It's such a niche thing. I was reading um, an article today in um, Ars Technica. It was someone posted a TikTok who works at a Chuck E. Cheese mm -hmm. on how they update the animatronics um, system for okay. the robots because apparently it's the last one. It's this is a this was the 2023 edition before they actually close it down and get rid of the robots. They're going to get rid of all the robots. Most of them have, and apparently, I think that's what they did to the one down the road because they renovated it. I think they got rid of the whole thing. Oh man! The kids are terrified of them anyway. So, but that was part of the charm. But the whole thing, right? The whole thing is set up on DVDs and floppy disks. And he's like the guy. The guy on the TikTok was like, "Okay, we're going to set up the robots with a new dance." All right, I got this floppy disk here. It says 2023 on it. <laughs> I shut down the machine. I booted up with that, and the, and the whole DOS thing is a PK zip, and it was unzipping stuff. You could see the um, um, uh, the versions of like of, of like the zip and the utilities were from like 1999. <laughs> I was like, that's amazing. The I guess ch it, chicken dance zip. It, it all makes sense, right? Because like if this stuff hasn't been updated since then, and the robots have it, then why update the software, right? So, um, yeah, I think it's all going away. They just play like videos and stuff now. I'm just like the yeah. idea. I'm just picturing these probably cabbage pack dot pk. Our kids, our kids, years from now are going to be like, you did what? You had dancing, terrifying robots that just turned left and right. That's right, and we loved it. They had a fake banjo, and he <laughs> sat on a surfboard. Today is your birthday. <laughs> yeah. Happy birthday to you. That was the song, man. They always played that song. Oh. I'm sure it still smells great, though. Oh, raise it, delicious uh, cheese, and pump it up. Machines. Oh, as you were talking about the the yeah arcade business models, um, they're build they're building one in a uh, Newark, Newark, Delaware. 
They're building a new Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, no, I'm sorry, um, an arcade in um, Wait, on on Main Street. Wait, what? Yeah, it's going to be like a more of like a family fun and entertainment type thing. They're trying to draw different crowds to the area. What they need, you know, what they need to do to draw the crowds? Parking. Yeah, parking the is parking. Parking is the main one, uh, but there's enough. There's like that Main Street is covered in bars, so they're, I think they're trying to like be like, hey, look, we're more than just alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> for like college kids, so um, they're trying. I'd appreciate that actually. Yeah, I, I would too. So I, as it is right now, I never go that way. Um, and unless I'm going to the board game store, which is, has been there since we were kids. Absolutely. That's the thing they opened up the year I was born. Yeah, I used to go there when we were in like in junior high to pick up like Dungeons and Dragons books. Um, so And then like they just kept going. Um, wow, Delaware stuff. <laughs> oh, is that out of the bag? Does it say Days of Nights? Yes, it does. Days of Nights. I love that. Yeah. I don't think they've really changed the inside that much. Either. It has. It's very old. They probably still run that like weekly D and D game in the back room. Yeah, they do. That's amazing. <laughs> By the same people. <laughs> probably also true. Uh, that's amazing. Um, yeah. So anyway, thanks everyone for listening to the show. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I'm glad that we. Uh, I'm glad that we went. I don't think I'm going to spend the night next time. I think I'm just going to go early. That's, come back. That's my late. philosophy. It's if you're just, not going to go, yeah. I, like if you're not going to utilize two days, yes. You and as close as we live, there's no reason to stay the night. I, but I understood why you wanted to because you generally don't drive it late. Yeah, it was. It's going to be a lot of like it was going to be a lot of highway driving that late at night, and I had anticipated wanting to see more performances in in the late evening. I did not anticipate, anticipate my awake. my energy level. Yeah, it was real low. <laughs> it was real real low, but that's okay. Um, anyway, if you have um, if you want to contact us and talk about the show, if you want to say hello, or if you have a topic suggestion or a, a track suggestion, please send us an email. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. You can also um, go to the website for a full track listing of this episode and access to all of our episodes. And then most of our episodes are now on our podcast feed, so you can check that out. But all of it is available on the website. Rhythmandpixels.com. And if you want to see, um, if you want to see, if you want to listen to classic 8-bit and 16, 16-bit music all day long, 24-7. We have a radio station on YouTube, and it's also on Twitch. So go to youtube.com slash Rhythm and Pixels, and it's there. If you have any um, suggestions there, you can go to our Discord, which is uh, the Discord link's on the top of our website. And you can pop in there and say hello. And if you want to support the show, the best thing you can do is tell people about it. Pop some tunes for it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Have a wholesome a charity concert. Not sponsored, but promoted by Rhythm and Pixels. You can, um, yeah, I mean, you can wear a Rhythm and Pixels T-shirt, but not one of our T-shirts. Like, make your own with like a sharpie. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a punk rock. You know, put like some like safety pins on it. <laughs> you can also support us by going to Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Rhythm and Pixels. Um, as a member there, at all levels, you get access to um, all of our episodes that are, that are ad-free. You also get access to a monthly live-streamed episode um, where if we don't end up doing our metroidvania one. Oh no we're gonna do we want to do what's our january episode the patreon one yeah oh it's gonna be um new no. year's gaming resolutions new year's gaming resolutions um so that's gonna be our patreon episode new year's gaming resolutions i'm sure we probably already talked about it but i completely forgot hey it's late you're pumpkin town uh, i'm in pumpkin man actually daryl called me a pumpkin I did thought, he yeah i thought that was kind of cute <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's been listening to the show call me a pumpkin He's like, man, Rob, you are a pumpkin. And I was like, shut up. <laughs> I was like, shut up and get me a pizza. I'm hungry. Pumpkin pizza. I'm not usually this late. Um, anyway, um, you get access to uh, monthly live streamed episodes of our show. Um, once a month, we, we 
put the stream on. It's it's exclusive to Patreon members, and it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of jokes. It's a lot of visual gags. Um, yeah, there's ad-free episodes, and at higher levels, you get cool stuff like stickers. There's mugs. Excuse me. There's exclusive T-shirts, and also we like to thank all of our members who are at the highest tiers at the end of every episode. So we want to thank uh, Brooke. Brooke is awesome, by the way. Awesome person. Awesome person. Awesome person. I want to thank uh, Khalid, amazing person, and our brand new Patreon member, Corey. Awesome thank you person. very much. Three of you, huge, huge thank you. Uh, me and Pernell are both standing in our chairs right now. Um, we want to thank um, Super Game Station. Uh, <laughs> you remembered. I remembered, yeah. I actually met the Formerly number, number one. Formerly number one. I actually met you at MAGFest. So thank you very much to Super Game Station. Thank you, uh, GameFan44, Kristen. Thank you to Martyrus, host of the ReVGM podcast. Mike Myers, again, congratulations. Off Person, Fashion 8060, The Ant Master. I love that name. <laughs> Ant Master. Uh, Brian Pitt, Cameron Worma, Carlos, Kung Fu Carlito of the Heroes 3 podcast. Chris Wisner, a.k.a. Musashi219. The wise guy. Christopher Senstrom, Chuck Kowalski, Davey Cakes, David Taylor, Enchilada Regol, Harold Howard, Triple Jeff, Justin Schneider, host of the XVGM Radio podcast, Keith Shusterman, Michael Bridgewater, Rage Cage, host of the VG Emporium podcast, Reinhardt Zilkova, Romancing Sagat, Sleepy S'more, Steve Miller, Taco, Ed Wilson, host of the VG Embassy podcast, our podcast father, and Zach Thornbach. <laughs> no, not, not the, Tongue tie. Our podcast father is not another Patreon. Ed Wilson is our podcast dad. Um, so <laughs> It's like I had to clarify that. So, and uh, while we're at it, also. Uh, yeah, I want to borrow the car. <laughs> <laughs> and also, if I can remember this properly, thank you to the names I can remember, specifically the people who came to our panel. Yeah, Chris Murray. Who oh, came yes. Out. Thank you, Chris. Uh, Vicky, Dave. Um, Kristen. Kristen. Tom. Brad. Brad. See, we're nailing yeah, yeah, his friend. Um, I'd like call, I want to call him Mummer. Yeah, he was he, he was a Mummer. He is a Mummer. I actually thought he was dressed as Glinda the Good Witch, and he was like, "No, I'm a Mummer." I'm like, "Okay, I get that now." And I was like, "But oh. look at the costume! You're totally got the Glinda vibe going." He I was, was like, like "Wow, you know that, that's a real, that's a really amazing costume to be uh to just to be like, hey, I'm in the Mummers," and he was like, "No, no, no, I I perform with the Philadelphia Mummers group." I'm like, "Oh, okay, never mind that." <laughs> um, yeah, I forget your name. Um, anyone else? Chris's, Chris's cousin, I want to say it was like Josh. Yeah. But his memory's a little fuzzy. Yeah, Blake? James. Jason? <laughs> it was a definitely <laughs> J. I could do this all night. There's but, a lot of, yeah, uh, Jake, Jason. But thank you guys and anyone else who came out to the panel. We Jordan. very much appreciate it. We were under a lot of competition by including James. the Name That Tune MAGFest official panel, yes. which is like... Having two panels that deal in the exact same thing. Right. Well, I mean. With one being like an a, a annual staple. Yeah. So it's the music and gaming festival in the mid-Atlantic area. Uh, of course, you're going to have multiple panels doing very similar things with video game but music. But name that tune, but, man. That's very specific. But only one has Robin Purnell in it. That is true. That's right. And that's the one you need to go to. Please. If you come <laughs> see us again. And we'll be back again. So. Um, thank you all so much for supporting our show um, and, and many, many more. Actually, I don't didn't list half of you on there. So there's so many, so many more um, Patreon members that I didn't mention. So thank you all very, very much. It, it helps to support the podcast equi- with uh, equipment. If helps we have to replace it. Panels. it helps us to do the panels, um, to travel around to all the different shows. Um, and it also helps all the hosting costs. And it helps uh, encourage us to keep doing more. I mean, it's not necessary. We're going to continue to do the show 
um, whether there's a Patreon or not. But and now we're hoping to hit a really world helps. record. A world record of Mike was it Mike Mars that mentioned oh. it to me in a in a chat one day. He was like, I think you guys might be approaching the record for longest running. Like not just time duration, because that would be like most, ep- most episodes. But most episodes, it might be coming up on us. It's between us or Super Mercado Brothers. Yeah, I maybe, think. maybe. I mean, it definitely we've been going weekly for a very long time. Um, but we are here to bury every other podcast out there. Just we have the shovels. That's the gauntlet. You dig in your own graves. I'm kidding. That's not, a little well, aggressive. Not, not, <laughs> well, well, not that level of bury, but like bury <laughs> isn't like. I feel like it's something. Bury them with episodes. I'm, yeah, I'm genuinely, surprisingly kind of proud about that. Like, you should be. The fact that it's been a constant stream of episodes, and it doesn't even get tired. It's just something that is fun to do. Oh, it's I get enjoyable. tired. Well, you do the editing. <laughs> but, like, that at most, you know, the tired tire, my Oh, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I don't get tired. I, I mean, I can, you saw my REM. I got, like, three hours of sleep. But, yeah. like, the it's also just the fact that, at most, the challenge becomes Still picking regular, consistent tracks. Yeah, There's like the, the enthusiasm is never going away. The enthusiasm is never going no, away, totally. but finding the music, <laughs> it can get challenging. Like I think we're up to like almost four thousand tunes that we've played I mean, on the show. Yeah, the spreadsheet's pretty big now, and I don't update it that often, so <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. Um, anyway, I want to get out of here. So everyone, thank you so much for listening to the show. Um, we have our, a very special. Either we're going to have a special guest next week if it, if it happens, or it's going to be Metroidvania, which I'm really excited about. Oh yeah, um, which I think we can do many episodes of. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone, thank you so much for listening to the show. My name is Rob Nichols, and I'm Pernell. Have a great week, and remember, community is key. Community in a world full of otherwise intended to sort of be isolating hobbies is especially key. Uh, MAGFest is a good example of just what community can do for a group of people. Folks came from all walks of life across the world, not country, the world, to come to this thing, drink some booze, listen to some music, play some games, just walk around in costumes, whatever. Yeah. Because the community makes it tick. So what I'm intending to say here is, you know, be a part of your community. Be a part of your game community. Don't just play games in the basement by yourself and not talk about what you did communicate hell share it with us talk shop it's fun I promise or even better co-play a game i've been i'm prodding rob to talk to jump to carlos more like hey talk about tunic i know yeah, it was helpful it was helpful to 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 get I, mean, I don't need the motivation to play that game but it's helpful to like kind of you know work together or even not yeah. not even just that even you could be like like stuff you've already done like that's somebody you could be like hey he experienced this boss. He experienced this thing that gave me trouble. He'll understand. Yeah. And you can talk shop about the stuff that gave you the most grief, the puzzles that stumped you the most. It feels good to reflect on that. Kristen's playing Bravely Default right now, hmm. and we swapped 3DS. Remember that? 3DS codes. And it sparked, I didn't even mention this on the show proper, it sparked an entire thing where me, I was chasing down my mom, my adapter, thought I lost it, Ordered two of them from as refurbished from Nintendo.com. Found the adapter. Oh. Failed to get a refund. <laughs> a whole bunch of so now you got a whole bunch of adapters coming in the mail. I got a bunch of adapters coming in the mail, but I'm like, I'm going to boot up Bravely Default again. I want to talk to her about Bravely Default because someone else is playing it again. Like, there is a lot to be said about just the feeling you can get from talking about something you actually enjoy. Mm. Like, it, it's so much better than just playing it and walking away. Be a part of your game community. That's all I'm saying. It's worth your time.
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.